Hello, everyone. Good evening to you once again. Uh, this is Leadership Talk with Adegoki. Leadership Talk with Adegoki. I hope you're having a restful Sunday evening. Uh, I'm so fascinated and uh, so excited to be here once again tonight. Um, this is the 19th session, 19th episode of Leadership Talk with Adegoki. And tonight promises to be awesome. Um, I want you to bring out your, your notes and try and take down as much as you can. Um, my guest tonight is someone who I'm excited about, is a brother, is a friend, and is a, a professional to the core. Uh, so we're going to be starting off tonight uh, very shortly with. Uh, my brother and my friend, Ini Afan. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And hello to everybody. My pleasure to be on the leadership talk with Buki Omotola, my friend. <laughs> I hope I hope you're you're keeping safe. <laughs> well, we thank God we are safe. I mean, yeah, so one's just uh, relaxing. It's one of those uh, Days you just you just take a chill pill to reflect, you know, just to thank God and uh, excellent. Yeah, excellent. To thank God. Excellent. And uh, happy birthday to your lovely wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, interestingly, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, after I committed that ah, it's my wife's birthday. I'm talking pandemic or fried rice right now, you know, but you know, I'd already committed. <laughs> so. Wow. So it's all wow. good. Yeah. I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for for, for honoring the uh, invitation. Now, who is Ini Akwan? Can you just uh, um, tell us who is Ini Akwan? Yes, sir. Ini Akwan. Hmm, that's a very interesting question. You know, Ini Akwan is, uh, well, let me start by, let me start from family first, because, you know, he's a man married to one wife. And as for children, <laughs> a business professional, you know, for many years, I've uh, been in business now for almost 31 years, you know, so um, I've had a, a professional career, you know, um, you know, as a techie and now in a leadership uh, position, you know, in a fintech business. So now, um, Imiakman is also a Christian who is committed to pursuing, you know, you know, the vision that God has given him, the purpose that God has given him, um, you know, and just to make a difference. It's very important as I pursue the things that I pursue that I want to make impact. I have a passion, you know, to make impact and to make a difference, you know. Wow. Awesome. Um, awesome. 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 So what's, what's your background, your background? Well, I, I I had a so I graduated from computer science from University of Lagos. So I I've been a you know um, my background is technology, software okay. initially yes, and then um, in so I graduated from University of Lagos in 1990. Um, yeah, so I have a computer science background, um, and also I then went for an MBA in in year 2000. So my background is business and technology mainly, you know, so that's how it's wow. been. 
Amazing, amazing. So, how did you get into leadership? Ah, how did I get into leadership? That's a that's a very long story, you know. So, I I started my career in the banking industry. At that time, you know, the banking industry was booming in 1990 when I left when I left school, and that was where we could find opportunities to, you know, to to develop our careers, to build our careers. And so, I started from uh, the banking industry and then i migrated into a techno pure technology company in 1995 after about four five years i i joined the technology company in 1995 and in the technology company um which was one of the leading technology companies at the time telnet um we it was a startup it was a startup business at that time um, they opened a new subsidiary called itco where we were, I mean, technology was just becoming the in thing. We're talking, initially it started as wide area networks, but then when local area networks began to emerge and began to happen, um, we saw ITECO saw an opportunity um, to build local area networks in Nigeria. And they also saw opportunity in the software business because software was going to drive the future ultimately. So I, I joined the company in 1995, and within the space of about three years, from 1995 between 1995 and 1997, I, I became a general manager. So I entered as a, you know, a an engineer, a software engineer. But then I became a general manager, and then from there, I ultimately became an MD in two, about two or three years after in year 2000. So I've been in leadership since 1997, 98. You know, so it's been wow. quite a while. It's been a journey. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. So we're, we're speaking on uh, leadership and fintech tonight. Leadership and fintech. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I believe that uh, with this COVID, so many things have happened. You know, um, and uh, mm -hmm. fintech has now become even uh, you know a major challenge. Uh, to uh, fintech, you know, uh, companies have become yeah. a major challenge yeah. for banks. You know, there's a saying now that banks want to become uh, fintech companies, and fintech companies want to become banks. Can you can you speak <laughs> to that? <laughs> well, you know, so we we as a you know when when the world is being disrupted right now. I mean, generally because you know traditional banks generally have uh, not been able to rise up to meet the needs of you know the 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 emerging economies or you know and even the developed economies i, I mean so traditional banks for a long time have been very conservative hmm. you know um in in adopting technology and using technology to transform you know you know the lives of people i mean most traditional banks are conservative if you know anything about them they see banking as a traditional thing where you must go to a bank branch you know um, build brick and mortar infrastructure you know um but i mean we are we are now in a world where the mobile phone has become pervasive you know so you know you don't necessarily have to go to a bank branch to, to do your business you know, and we, we've seen that that is a key transformation. Without the mobile phone, I, I think that the, the world will still have been lagging behind. But I think that the, the mobile phone has transformed a lot of things. So the mobile phone became a tool to do 
you know, to offer financial services and do banking services. So okay. I don't know if we need to go to a bank branch to to withdraw money or to, you know, because I can pay for things using my mobile phone. I mean, most people have accounts now in some way. I remember back then when we, the company I, I joined in 1995, Telnet, you know, they implemented what you called the first uh, digital online banking with Diamond Bank back then in 19, in the 80s, in the late 80s. I remember if anybody remembered anything about the 80s when they said, oh, the Diamond Bank integrated, Diamond Bank, the Diamond integrated banking system where mm -hmm. wide area networks became, you know, were now possible. Then you could then, before you had to go to a bank, a specific bank branch where your account resided to be able to withdraw money. But when wide area, became uh, possible, then you could go to any bank branch to, to withdraw money. That was where the transformation began, you know, and then later on we saw, you know, mobile phones coming in and with mobile phones coming in, obviously more and more, it became possible to access those services remotely rather than going to a bank branch. So little by little, I mean, the world is changing. Um, and, 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 and the reality is that, you know, quite a lot of people are excluded still excluded so many people are financially excluded unfortunately you know wow. and, and that that's and that's been the case you know so as long as you have a case where bank branches cannot even some bank branches are not profitable you know in the rural areas you know, i remember the time when the banks would the, the banks were mandated to just build bank branches even in remote areas but everybody realized that it was not cost effective because even in the rural area you would have the you know, you couldn't sustain the business. I mean, it yeah. couldn't be profitable. Yeah. So you have to find yeah. cheaper alternatives. And since everything is going digital, the cheapest and the uh, most affordable way to deliver financial services is using a mobile phone. You know, wow. really, that's the most cost-effective way. So there's quite been a lot of changes and transformation in, in things. And, you know, so, I mean, if you are, if, if as a bank, you're not thinking technology now and leveraging fintech to deliver those services, then you're going to become extinct. It's just a matter of time. Wow. You're going to have serious issues. Wow. You know? wow. wow. Amazing. 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 Um, wow. This is, this is, this promises to be an awesome session. I just want to also find out, um, what's, what are the similarities between, uh, uh, uh leadership and, uh, fintech? Hmm. That, that, that's a very interesting question, you know? Um, so, a leadership is just like in any industry, you know, leadership is very, very important, you know, um, because, you know, typical fintech uh, as, are basically startups, you know, and, okay. you know, people who have innovative ideas, they want to test those ideas, you know, it's one thing to be innovative, it's one thing to be creative, but it's another thing to have a vision. It's another okay. thing to have, you know, goals. It's another thing to to have something to know where you are going with this. Ultimately, you know, because okay. you can be creative, you can be innovative, but <laughs> leadership is what helps you to now shape those ideas, you know, and take them, you know, into the market to make a difference and to and to win. Because it's about mm -hmm. winning. Ultimately, mm -hmm. there are thousands and thousands of fintechs in fact but you only hear about the ones that succeed there are many that have failed wow. you know so many fintechs have failed and there are many reasons why they failed you understand what i'm saying so but leadership is key to to many of those things you know wow. because if if you if you if you don't have leadership in it you can't win 
because the, the market is very aggressive, very competitive. Somebody is out there to eat your lunch. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. wow. I'm even joined dinner to eat. If it's possible. <laughs> Someone is out there to eat your lunch. Wow, wow. So, so you're saying that um, even at a time like this, it's not just about showing up as a fintech company, you, but you have to be very innovative. You have yeah. to be adaptive. You know, okay. you have to be ahead of the curve. Now, um, yeah. I have so many questions, but I, I want to let us know that I've been speaking with uh, my friend, uh, my my brother, in the Appan is the uh, managing director of OP, a fintech company uh, based in uh, Lagos, Nigeria. And um, they have outlets all over the Federation and agents. Uh, they have shown up at a time when uh, solutions are, are, are needed and they are, they are really adding value. We want to salute you, sir. I, I just want to ask, um, now with this, um, you know, FinTech, you know, what has been the impact of COVID on, you know, on, on the FinTech uh, industry? Well, you know, so the thing is that they are, they are, I, I would think that, you know, the feeling is mixed. You know, the, the mixed feeling about, you know, the effect of the pandemic. I mean, for some, it's been, it's been, it's been hard, you know, for some, it's been, it's been, it's been a blessing, you know, that's the word I can use. I mean, because, you know, for those who, who have, well, I've had a rough time. I mean, there are services that there are certain fintech services that were affected, you know, during the pandemic. And I'll give an example: things like ride sharing, things like you know, you know, you know, maybe food sales. You know, I mean, restaurants suffered. Those who used to use technology to order and deliver, you know, so there are certain sectors that that certain segments in the fintech space that had challenges. I mean, so for instance, also in lending. There were there was there were impacts, you know, it impacted it negatively slightly because you know people had the purchasing power, the capacity to pay back, you know, was uh, it became difficult because people lost their jobs, um, people lost their means of livelihood, so it was yeah. so it was quite challenging. But for for the payment business, I, I think it's quite good, and which is our core. I mean, the payment business, in fact, you know, so. It, in payments, it, 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 there was the shift, you know, in, in consumer behavior, in, in customer behavior. Because first, if we know anything about the pandemic, there was a total lockdown. People couldn't even go anywhere. So if you said you wanted to go to a bank branch, couldn't go to a bank branch. So we've, we were in the payment business. I mean, we've seen our business grow like 10 times. I mean, wow. you know, so we've had people now go to agents in their communities to make withdrawals for you know for cash that they need you know or to transfer money or to pay for something or to pay their bills i mean so so really our business has grown i mean when we started uh, in 2000 no sorry 2020 jan i mean as at the end of december i think our, our monthly transaction volumes or gross transaction value was 360 million dollars but mm -hmm. by the end of last year, it was two billion dollars a month wow. you know, in transaction. Uh, so you can see the size, you know, the size of the growth. It was, it, it was, it was something else. So we've had people now go to the bank branches, uh, sorry, to the agents now to make withdrawals, make pay their bills, and even do it themselves. You know, download the app, 
learn how to do the thing. So it, it forced a change in customer behavior. So the pandemic in itself, you know, was, you know, you had this, on one side it was hard, on one side it was very good, you know. So I, I think, I mean, we are smiling. I know that a lot wow. of people are not smiling. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So, wow. Yeah. Would it be, I just want to also, you know, uh, ask, you know, there was a time you also went into, uh, is it into transportation? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what what was your what was your experience in that area in that field? Well, you know, so I mean, we so you know, regulation. This is where regulation actually, you know, can either you know support a business, aid a business, or kill a business. You know, so the government banned, for instance, Lagos State banned the right the Okada ride sharing business, which was a, a, a use case for us, which we felt was important you know, to drive um, financial inclusion. Because, I mean, the more you can onboard the people who are, you know, on the streets, who are like the Okada man who is excluded, people in the rural areas. I mean, from where I come from, most people just, they are, they are Okada riders. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, so you can see that that's the kind of segment that financial inclusion and fintechs is primarily want to address because they're excluded. You know, it's, it's difficult for them to meet the banking requirements to open an account so they leverage on those kind of things so it, it was it was useful i mean you know to support and to bring them on board but you know so with the ban and the regulation it made it impossible to continue because it wasn't sustainable you know wow. so we had to take a pause and and i mean we invested you sums in it and you know but you have to in this business you understand that it's all about risk taking and you have to anticipate what will be the effect if you know, if, 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 for instance, government changes its mind or, you know, um, the regulation changes, you know, so those are, that's the risk of doing business, you know. Wow. So unfortunately, wow. but, you know, sometimes it's better to cut your losses and move on, you know, so wow. it's tough, but you have to, you know, so. Wow, wow, amazing, amazing, uh, amazing. I, I just want to say that I salute your, your, your leadership, even at a time like this, uh, I mean, there are quite a number of fintech companies that have started, like you said, that have that have hit the rocks. But uh, those of you that have uh, continued to reinvent yourselves uh, have stayed ahead of the curve. Uh, I know that uh, there are one or two uh, fintech, uh, you know, uh, companies or representatives that are on this platform. So please feel free to ask your questions. Uh, we are live uh, on this platform with. Um, my brother, my friend Iniapan, the MD of uh, OPE, and we're speaking on leadership and fintech. Now, what are some of the ways uh, fintech companies can, you know, improve uh, confidence? You know, the confidence of, uh, you know, uh, the the uh, the unbanked or the, the 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 people that are not digitally uh you know um empowered you know in what way yeah. can the tech companies you know come into that space and you know create some level of awareness because like you said there's still a lot of uh mm -hmm. money left on the table yes yeah. you know so you know i the kind of services that we provide is actually based on trust you know and um 
people are if I, people find it easy to trust you know uh, banks and they and they actually do the trust fintechs i mean it's, it's a very difficult thing especially when you know you're talking technology people prefer cash so <laughs> i'd rather go and see the cash than talk about all this uh, technology technology thing i, I mean it's all about it, it, it's it's about more and more advocacy and you know providing use cases that that people that compel people to try something you know if you don't have the appropriate use cases okay you know you know the, the use cases that meet if that fulfill a specific need you know mm. and, and and that's very important because if you're going to get people to trust it then you not build solutions that they that they are looking for and that they can't find anywhere else yeah. you know and most importantly you deliver on the promise you know so if for instance i i go to an agent to do a transaction obviously that agent you need to have clearly enough information about that agent to know who okay. that agent is and to know that the agent is for instance somebody who you, you can trust because there are lots of fraudsters out there you mm. know um it's also about educating the people you know more and more advocacy you know that that's that's what i see because you know there's the kind of things we see in the fintech industry now, it can it can destroy the entire fintech industry. There's too much wow. uh, in terms of and risk, and people are not educated enough. So when yeah. somebody is defrauded, it, they lose confidence. So wow. you have to constantly remind people. But you see, that's not only happening to the fintechs now. Even the banks are, are getting hit because the banks i mean i've seen emails that look like they are from gt bank GT, you see gt bank oh sorry i don't want to mention any bank i'm sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. You, see, you see those messages from the banks now telling you that oh they are not they didn't tell you to release your pin they didn't they tell you to do this they, they won't tell you to do that and that those are some of the things that we need to be reminded of so the, it's the same thing with the fintechs everybody once it comes to technology there's so much vulnerability wow. and we all have to be careful at the same time. And so you have to keep educating the customers and then also provide them use cases and deliver on the promise in terms of when you say this thing works this way, then it should work this way. Because once there's any suspicion that it doesn't work that way, then mm. there are going to be serious issues. Serious wow. issues. You can lose your customers overnight. You know. Wow. So those wow. are those are some thoughts around you know building customer, you know, confidence. Yeah. On 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 you know, on you know, on using that as a, a platform you know just on the on top of that i just want to you to speak on the impact of you know uh uh cyber security uh you know on fintech mm. okay you know so one thing you, we need to understand about technology and security is that there's nothing that is foolproof absolutely nothing that is foolproof you know so you can have all this cyber security in the world but i think a lot more depends on the processes and the people you know mm. so you know so it's good to train your staff about these things but even 80 percent of, of of more than 80 percent according to statistics of of fraud cases actually starts from within so mm. so so the very first struggle you have is internal, you know, not even external, you know. So somebody may, can release codes or passwords or things to the external people who come to compromise. To, 
Yeah, to compromise. So it, it so you, you struggle, you have to struggle within mostly, and you have to make sure that you have tight processes. You have to have systems, technology systems that don't rely on just people that, that can trigger things and you know raise alarms and alerts on what's going on. You know, you understand that can bring to someone's awareness and consciousness that something is fishy here. This is a suspicious transaction and things like that. So it's it's all about it, it's good to put all of those security in place, but I think that you can't do it in isolation you have to do it in in line with the process training the people using the technology so people process technology those are the three things that are important in dealing with you know cyber security because and technology wow yeah, nothing nothing wow. is foolproof wow wow now i just want to also you know uh you know drill further into that now how do you empower your people because um no matter what happens i mean we have the technologies there but you know the people that are supposed to deploy the technology how do you empower them i mean you know okay to what extent is empowerment uh uh you know commonplace in your organization well you know so because because of the industry work i mean a lot of people are already empowered it's amazing what you will find out there you know yeah. i mean if you talk about technology people know a lot of stuff i mean even in nigeria is i mean some of the best you know now from abroad people are coming to even poach nigerians who are you know who are writing code we had quite a lot of staff who have left the country and also gone to work abroad you know because already a lot of people are there's too much knowledge out there there's so much wow. knowledge on the internet you know if you search the internet and you want to really be a good developer you develop yourself you don't even wait for anybody to develop you in the kind of industry you have to be agile nobody sends anybody to a training school to go and learn code anymore <laughs> you know wow. you already know to write the code and even wow. on the job as you face challenges you actually develop the skill you know, so wow. so the technology. I mean, right now there's just too much information. I mean, we were at the time when when we started. I mean, all of this knowledge was not as you know pervasive as it is now. But there's just too much knowledge out there. You can wow. you can sit at home and learn how to write code, and you can what you then do is getting on the job and applying, you know, and putting into practice. So really, there's there's a lot of whatever. The only areas where empowerment really comes in is making sure that you know there are knowledge sessions to tell you about business you know so technology itself is not the problem it's about understanding how you tie technology to business how to make money out of that technology how to you know so technology itself is good but you need to understand business you know how to apply it you know and that's where empowerment comes in because a lot of people who know technology don't know business you wow. know and if, if you go back to you know people like bill gates and all that you can see bill gates started from technology but he grew into business you have mm. to you have to be able so to marry a, business technology for it, yeah for it to be useful so it's so so it's good i mean there's quite a lot of knowledge on technology but business is something that you you learn from people you work with people you you know where to channel you know what technologies to use how to apply them you know so you and you have people who have quite a lot of understanding i mean you can also if you want to first the very first thing i would like to suggest for anybody i mean if you want you can learn the core technology but then you now go to a, maybe a training program you know to see how to you know maximize optimize the 
the things you have. And, and most times when you go for that, it's all about process, mostly. It's not really about learning the technologies, about the processes and how to, you know, and how to make good use of them, you know. Wow. You know, wow. building sustainable systems, yeah. Building sustainable systems. So yeah. where do you see fintech in the next five years? Uh, well, I mean, where? Is it in Nigeria or where? In <laughs> you Nigeria, know, so. let's also we'll start from Nigeria before we, we start hitting globally. <laughs> you know, so... You know, so I think that, you know, so I, I feel very strongly that, you know, fintech is, you know, and I think that even the McKenzie reports are beginning to show that Nigeria needs fintech more than ever before. Wow. You know, so fintech is going to be taking prominent roles because even the banks now are about getting to fintechs because I think now they are beginning to see the threat even to their own business. But I think there's a great... There's, there's still opportunity to collaborate between the banks and the fintechs. But I think fintechs are going to become very prominent, you know, um, in, in, in the space. Because if you look at the, Mac, the McKenzie report that came out last year, it showed that there's huge potential in, for fintechs to develop the economy in Nigeria. I mean, it can attract investments up to about $3 billion wow. you know, within the scope of uh, by 2023. And it can add like $50 billion in GDP, uh, you know, for digital finance to the GDP, you know. So, I mean, these are things that can boost the economy. So, fintechs are important. And I think even the, the government and the central bank are beginning to, you know, to see that because central bank is doing, doing things and, you know, coming up with favorable policies to, you know, to support fintechs and to energize them, to attract more people, you know. So, I think it's a good thing, you know. There's a lot of work to do, but I think the fintechs are, I mean, we're beginning to see fintechs emerge that are strong, that have the capacity, you know, to to make a difference. I mean, some of the numbers are staggering. I mean, we saw, for instance, last year, um, just before the end of last year, Paystack, you know, you're raising, two, uh, you know, exiting with $200 million. That's significant. That's big, you know, so... We're beginning to see those kind of, and international players are beginning to look at Nigeria very closely, you know. So there's huge opportunities. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Now, um, I, I'm just so fascinated by your, your, you know, your response to most of these questions. It shows the depth and the, you know, the exposure and the expertise in this area. I salute, I salute you, sir. Now, I want to ask, how can the 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 culture of fintech even be uh, ingrained in, in, in schools? Hmm, in, in schools, well, we, we, I think it's easy for, you know, for students or for children to actually pick up things. I mean, they have more opportunities than we did. I mean, now they have access to new technologies, new tools, you know, I always look at my son, I mean, for instance, he's already have, he's already having ideas of what he wants to do in gaming. You know, you know, already he's thinking technology, and it's good to expose them at these early stages. You know, on yeah. what what the opportunities are out there. You know, so I think that it should be integrated into the curriculum. I mean, people should have these are there are programs that you can teach children. You understand? I mean, how to develop these things right from a young age who says you won't have the you won't have great guys writing stuff that the world would you know 
you know, that mm -hmm. will make a difference many years from now. So it's good to expose them, integrate, integrate these things to the curriculum in, sco in schools. I, I know that some schools are trying, are most private schools, but, you know, the public schools need to do similar things. There are lots of lots of programs, you know, that children can, can get into in writing code, in, in doing stuff, you know, that many years from now would be beneficial to environment. Because if you grow doing it, it becomes, it just becomes second nature. It's not, it's not, it's no longer rocket science, you know, and, and we go out and most times we will find out that Nigerians who've gone abroad, they actually excel. So wow. I think that is a good thing to, I never saw a computer, I never saw a computer. In fact, when, when I was in my computer science, very funny, it was mainframe that, that, yeah. that we're using <laughs> In, uh, in, in, in computer ages, science, we'll take punch cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. we we'll take punch cards, and you take the punch cards to the uh, to the computer center, and then you sit down on one machine and punch the cards and punch them. And when you punch them, and if you make one mistake, just one, if there's a comma missing or a dot missing, you know, first you leave the cards. It might take days to process. When you go back and there's an error. <laughs> <laughs> you you go back to the bottom of the queue again because you don't have to go and punch that card and remove the error. You understand? So you have to punch a new card. Ah, it was it was real crazy stuff, you know. So you know, wow. but I, when I was doing my project, I had a friend. I mean, God bless that guy, and he's still my very good friend till now. One day, magic could do me. He was he had a computer in his house. So when I was doing my project, I used to we used to live in Ikoi back then. You know, so I would yeah. drive from Ikoi all the way to Iju, you know, because one day I had a, 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 a computer. I went, I went to, I used to go to my house to go and do these projects, you know. So that was where I completed my, that was when computers just came out. That was in 1989, 1990, you know, in Nigeria. He was one of the first people who had a computer. I mean, it was, you know, those, that, sorry, I'm, it's just a flashback. No, no, you know, okay. was, I find it very fine, interesting. Fine. Sorry to. No, it's okay. I just want to find out. I mean, yeah. is there any way that uh, your, you know, OP is, uh, you know, uh, empowering or, you know, adding value? You know, I know like like uh, Facebook and even the the CEO of Twitter came to Nigeria recently. Are you are you collaborating with any school or, you know, our um, institution to empower them to, you know, bring them into the space mm -hmm. either through, you know, advocacy or, you know. Yes. Well, I, well, we're just about to start something this year, but over the last uh, two years or so, what we've done is we've done hackathons, okay. you know, where we actually just, you know, yeah, where we invite, you know, young developers, people who have ideas, you know, to come and participate in hackathon, you know, and, and they come up with ideas, develop those ideas, put them in teams and get them to come up with, you know, solution test those ideas and solutions, and then you now rate them, and then we take out, we we employ a few of them. You know, those hackathons are very very useful. You know, so that that's what we've been doing over the last two years. We had a couple, wow. and uh, hopefully we'll do some this year. But we also are planning starting internships. You know, sometime this year. You know, awesome. God willing, awesome. with the pandemic. Awesome. You know, so you know, so we intend to start internships. You know. Okay. Um, because we, we are now at that in our business where we, we think that it is the right time to, to open the door to people who, you know, who can learn, who can participate in great projects and do amazing things. Wow, you know? wow, wow, wow. 
Amazing, amazing tonight. I've been speaking with Ini Akwan, the MD, uh, CEO of uh, OPE, and we've been speaking on leadership and fintech, leadership and fintech. Uh, yeah, now, I just want you to, you know, I know you have agents, you know, uh, all over Nigeria. Uh, in the last uh, session that you did, you know, a Zoom session that you did on uh, FinTech Nigeria, you were talking about 300,000 agents that you have all over the place. Now, these agents, what do they do? Oh, well, the agents are, you know, the panel that we use to deliver services to the customers. And they, they are people that, you know, have gone through a process. You know, we know them. They, they, they know your customer process. They have achieved the KYC level three according to the CBN rules and guidelines. And they are they're just in position to you know to offer things around bank transfer bill payments um fund your wallets you know um buy a time sell a time you know stuff like that so they, they are they are out there in the communities to provide services to people and you know that's that's what they do they also earn a, it's also a business for them so they they okay. earn a living from it they make they make margins and they make spread you know on, on on the services that they provide so what we do is just provide a platform that they use and we provide them the the tools the applications the pos you know um, the network everything that they need you know to, to be able to run their business and then they they run their business put their money on make money out of it and provide services to the community and wow. that's wow. what we do wow 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 Awesome, awesome. So you are all over, all over. Are you, you know, I mean, OPE is it? Is OPE just in Nigeria? Well, OPE is a global fintech. You know, um, the global fintech. You know, Nigeria is the. So OPE has a Pan African vision, but Nigeria is the is the first launch of OPE. You know, wow. and the, in uh, this year we're going to be launching in Egypt. You know, okay. um, we're going to be launching in Egypt because there there some changes in the in the guidelines now i think the government is trying to push digitization and you know um, also drive financial inclusion so so with that pan-african vision we're beginning to look at other african countries but nigeria is such a big market and you know nigeria it was important to build the business in nigeria first you know mm. because nigeria has you know the size you know the and then nigeria had you know already taking you know made a move many years ago to to open the door to fintechs in nigeria wow. after kenya so wow. i think that it's a good thing you know that um, it started in nigeria but then the story doesn't end in nigeria we begin to go across africa starting with egypt yeah wow 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 it's been it's been amazing it's been awesome speaking with ini Akpan, the md ceo of ope uh, just have um, a few questions before we, we round up, but um, for those of us that are on this platform, uh, if you have questions or comments, uh, please feel free to ask, uh, put it in, in, the, in the chat box. Um, my guest tonight is, uh, you know, empowered to, to add value to you. Now, um, for, for new fintech companies, um, you know, in the area of uh, cybersecurity, you know, which is a major, you know, area that you said, you know, um, that needs to be looked at. You know, what, you know, what, what's the advice that you have for new fintech companies, even going forward? Maybe those ones that just started and, you know, just navigating, yes, in the area of 
security yes okay so i i, I think the simple advice i have is that you very first thing you know as you build systems i think that you always need to look at the exposure in terms of risk what, what are the risks most fintechs don't look at risk they look at more they, they look more at you know let me roll out my product let me push my ideas let me build this thing it's better to look at risk from the very beginning you know mm -hmm. always look at what the risk is risk to the business you want to start risk to the customer i mean look at the entire value chain and, and assess what the risks are because if you can deal with those risks and you you know it's already how would i put it it's already integrated from the very beginning it makes it easy to to build it's like it's like building a house you know if you don't lay the foundation right you're going to have issues when you start building the the roof you know mm -hmm. um so it's better to start from day one i know because of the agility the need for agility and speed to the market and competition people you know throw caution to the wind and say i need to roll out pretty fast i mean we've had a fair share of those kind of issues yeah. you know so if there's anything i've learned in many years of being in technology and whatever i always first look at the risk hmm. it's not because i'm it's not because i'm risk averse but it's just good to know what the risk has and then what are the mitigants or how you do you mitigate them you know what are the hmm. things you need to put in place it may not be things that you can put immediately hmm. but it is things that you have in your view that you and, and at what time you need to implement them because as you scale the real danger is you can start if you have 10 customers it's easier to manage but when you have millions of customers it becomes a major risk hmm. you know so it, at what at what point in your in your rollout process do you roll out stuff that mitigate things you know so it, it doesn't necessarily mean that oh you must do all the risk uh, but it's good to do a risk assessment first so that you know at what point i need to implement something that mitigates that risk you know hmm. because risk always comes risk always comes you know so people are always looking out for ways you know to to exploit you know technology to the advantage you know and to rob the customer of of their money you know mm -hmm. <laughs> so and, and that can kill your business overnight wow. once wow. people lose confidence or trust in your business then it's over is it you 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 can be out of business you can be up and flying and then once something happens and then we, we i mean remember the, the dot-com days where it's like it was a boom and bust that's just how it is because most fintechs have that mindset that mentality of boom and bust yes boom 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 but never looking at the downside what if something happens hmm. what hmm. if something happens hmm. you know um and and today even in our own business i know that we, I mean, we struggle with those things so you always have to you always have to have people who look at risk and manage that risk who ask questions about it you know who, who challenge you and say look if we do this this is a major risk you know what can we do and, and, and stuff like that you know and then make sure you have a very tight process you know because most times people just validate the process you know so you have a process for managing those things so even every rollout everything you do follow a process it's very now, important adhere to the process wow how do you how do you how do, how do you keep up in the area of uh, creating new products even at a time like this where there's a lot of competition 
Well, you know, so <clears throat> I think one of the best ways, everybody, <clears throat> you, you have people who are product developers, people who develop products, but, you know, just having, relying only on the product development team to develop products is not, uh, will not, will not make a fintech organization successful itself. So mm -hmm. most fintechs run a flat or flat organization. It means anybody can come up with those ideas and have a way to communicate those ideas you know, and you know, I you know, I remember when you know one of the one of the things that I'm really grateful for uh, some of the people that I worked with, you know, in Telnet, the founders of Telnet. Then, I mean, you could walk into the MD's office and you know and talk. You know, it's not that you shut the door or anything. You could just talk. You know, you have ideas. You come, you sit down, you argue with us, you disagree, and you agree. It doesn't matter whether you're a really engineer or not, but the door was open for for anybody to come with those ideas and and that's how you know fintech organizations work mm. you know so it's good to run a flat structure it's not a even though you have a hierarchy the hierarchy itself is just for a placeholder but yeah. the door open you know for everybody to come and you know express themselves and that's how people who are just junior become and, and that's how we're beneficiaries of those kind of systems where I mean, you could just express yourself. And I mean, that's why you will grow from just an engineer and then become an MD overnight. Those, those things happen, you know, they are real, you know. So the door is open. And run a flat organization where people come up with ideas, you know, and then they share those ideas. Those are the things that, you know, that transform an organization, that make an organization innovative and always coming up with. Yeah, 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 wow. you know. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And I can see that, you know, uh, it's, it oozes through you, you know. Uh, you're a man that is leading from the front and also, you know, empowering others. Because you find that, you know, as you go higher, you know, one of the things about leadership is that you listen less. It's quite a number of leaders. They become very impatient with their, with their, with their subordinates, you know. And if you do that, you know, uh it said when you are a leader and you, you don't have followers it's like taking a walk in the park you know and what you're saying now yeah what you're saying is quite instructive because you know with success comes um you know some kind of uh you know you you don't see clearly with success if care is not taken you know uh you need to yeah. to pinch yourself yes and humble yourself because you know the higher yeah. you go you know it becomes cooler there and you don't even know what yeah. is happening you know at the ground level so i, I just yeah. want to salute you for for um you know speaking to that now the last question um there have been a lot of uh so, you know people have been sharing you know uh you know someone said someone said that good point that risk should be integrated throughout the business uh, operations. Uh, someone also said that, um, one of my John Maxwell colleagues in just said, leadership helps to shape your ideas and take it to the market to win, you know, uh, which is what uh, the OP is doing. I'm not your uh, your marketing officer, but uh, you know, I can see that. <laughs> you have not paid me for this. You're having free. <laughs> Free advertisement, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, well, okay, yes. my very good yes. friend. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> so 
Ademi Olaiwale also said that leaders think of the most effective way to deliver service. I mean, you guys are all over Nigeria having 300,000 agents, even in the pandemic. You said that you know your your uh, return on investment, your ROI has been massive, you know, uh, compared to what it was a year before. So um, I'm just I'm just so excited about fintech. Um, uh, we're, we're also believing God that people like us can have a share of the pie because we, we wouldn't allow you guys to just. <laughs> <laughs> you are eating the pie. Don't worry, Jupi. You know that area. No, we want to eat it. Unless you want that writing good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're, so, we're so glad because, I mean, what has also happened now is that, it, you know, it has made the world smaller with fintech, you know, yeah. as opposed yeah. to just walking into. And, you know, I, I just want to also speak to this because um, all over the world, you find that there's some companies that have refused to embrace fintech, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. and they're suffering massively. I mean, yeah. I just I don't want to drop names right now, but there's some all the shops that because of the lockdown in Europe uh, and all over the world, all they do is walk-in customers. They they are not online, and they mm. you know in the last six months, five months, they have lost you know uh, yeah. yeah income yeah. I mean, what would you say to such companies? Even at the time, some of their owners might be listening to you. Hmm. Ah uh, well. Better late than never. It's better to start. I mean, fintech. The world is, you know, moving in that direction massively. I mean, even in the US now. I mean, there are new technologies that are coming up. Bitcoin is already in discussion. You know, so it just tells you where the world is going. You know, ultimately, mm. there's no way traditional businesses can survive if they don't mm. adopt technology and integrate mm. payment into that technology. Because I mean, it's, it's convenience. It's about mm. convenience. I mean, because people want to be safe, even now in the kind of world we live in, I mean, so they want to sit at home and order everything, mm. you know? And it, I know how convenient it is. I've, I've, you know, I enjoy those services myself. I, I've, I hardly carry cash. I mean, I hardly, hardly, almost everywhere I go, is either a card payment or a bank transfer. It's, those are the two, Easiest ways that I make payment. I, I, I <laughs> even, wow. even the great man has to be, you know, and the gardener and everybody has to be, you know, compelled to open a wallet to do something, you know. And even if you don't have now, these days at least they go and tell their brother, okay, you have a bank account. Let me let them send the money to you and give it to me, you know. So, wow. 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 there's just no way. There's just no way. Everybody wow. has to adopt it and then also tie it, you know, to if you run a business, find a way to. You know, leverage technology, and you know, integrate payments into it because there's just no way. Nobody wants to carry cash, and now it's not even safe. Carry cash, they can kidnap you. It's <laughs> not for me, but <laughs> you know, that's, that's how dangerous. People know that you're a cash business. You're even in danger. You know. Wow, 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 wow. amazing! I've had a swell time. I'm sure that um, those of us uh, on this platform, you've had a swell time. If you you are glad that you're on this platform, you know. Please just drop a comment just to encourage uh, my guest in the Akwan, the MD CEO of uh, OPE. Just you know, encourage him and appreciate him for you know showing up tonight. I just want also want to. I said initially, I said I have just one more question, but I won't let you go until you speak to this. This area of cryptocurrency, <laughs> cryptocurrency, okay, and Bitcoin. 
Okay. What do you want me to say? What do you want to hear about it? I mean, there, I know that's a, you know. I mean, they are all uh, these was all fintech, you know, by money, moving money. I mean, yeah. Can you just you know maybe even on the surface level, what what would you like to say concerning that? Because that's also innovation. Yes. I mean, initially, yeah. maybe a few years ago, twelve years ago, people were not really. But yeah. I mean, as at three weeks ago, you know, I mean, Bitcoin forty thousand dollars. You know, I mean. Yeah. The kind of yeah. figures we're hearing, it's, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I mean, Bitcoin has, has been up now for many years and it's still undergoing evolution, you know, and development, you know. So, um, you know, so cryptocurrency is, is you know, is, is something that, um, you know, that, you know, I mean, I see it more like still a futuristic thing, but I mean, it's getting closer. I think we are getting to the point where people need to start looking at it realistically. I mean, it started over 10 years ago, you know, so so it's been around for some time. But you know, one thing about technology, it takes time for people to adopt it. And for right now, a lot of people don't understand it. So it has a lot of risks. Okay. Um, and also, I think the real benefit is the fact that it cannot be regulated by government. I mean, the way that you regular uh, you regulate, uh, you know, other currencies because now yeah. it's it's the it, it, it regulates it's itself. It, yeah. It's a market. You understand what I'm saying? It means that you know, for you to now buy and sell, you know, it means that ultimately when people begin to adopt this as a as a as a means and they are, they already begin to adopt it. You know, it's going to become a currency that is recognized. You understand that is not limited by those exchange between naira and dollar or pounds and whatever is its own currency. Wow. You know, wow. um, now I begin to see evolution there. Wow. It has a lot of risk right now. You know, so it's better to understand it, read about it. Um, there are speculative ones, there are stable ones, there are stable coins, there are speculative. There's lots of knowledge to, to develop, and already people are beginning to accept it as a means of payment for some businesses. You know, I read a report, um, I think earlier on this year that said that over one million Nigerians have already registered for a Bitcoin account, you know, um, in some foreign uh, service provider, I forgot the name. You know, and um, over four hundred million dollars, you know, in Bitcoin transactions just last year in twenty twenty. You know, so it's it's growing. You know, and but I also think there's a lot of fraud in it. You know, there, there are lots of people who are in in it, not to just like in any other technology space. They are in it to you know, yeah, for to exploit to exactly and take advantage of people. So it's something that you have to really, really think about and understand it and. Know what you're what you're getting into, but I still think I, I still think is several years down the road. You know, wow. so it's not something wow. amazing, that, that, yeah. amazing, amazing. Thank you for speaking to that. Uh, now, as we close, who are your mentors? Because I mean, you are speaking with so much depth and so much uh, knowledge. I, I know this is not an accidental uh, leadership. You know, <laughs> this is intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So, I mean, there are, there are two areas. I, I mean, for some things, you know, generally, I there's a lot, there's a lot to read. Um, there's a lot to read because there's a lot of information, like I said, out there. You know, in fact, the internet can mentor you. <laughs> you understand? Good things. You can find. You understand? The internet can mentor. You. I'm telling you, there's absolutely, there's just so much information out mm. there. 
and you, you so you have to obviously read what what the trends are, what the you know what's going on in the industry. Because if you're in technology space, it's not about just having a mentor. It's about understanding what's going on out there. Where is the world going? What's happening? Mm. You know, how are people applying the technology? Where have they applied it in 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 this country? How have they deployed it? You know stuff like that. So in technology is technology is moving so fast that you have to you have to you have to rely a lot on 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 the, uh, not just somebody teaching you. You have to teach yourself. You have to read. You have to go online. You have to do the research. And I I still Google things things I don't understand. I just go online and I just Google. But when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to things like you know leadership, there's a guy that I you know that that, that I used to follow. I mean I I mean he passed he passed away he passed away a few weeks ago. His name is Tony Miller. Okay. Yeah. The guy, you know, I mean, he's, I've learned quite a lot of stuff from him, you know, in terms of wow. leadership and how to lead, you know, and what leadership is about, you know, and I mean, from a spiritual perspective and, you know, and even in the, you know, because I always believe that look, the same principles apply. It doesn't matter what, whether, you know, you know, the thing is that you must learn to, leadership is about good growth. So I consider good growth to be, both upwards and downwards. So if you're hmm. going to grow, you know, your roots need to go deeper, which means that you need to go lower and upward at the same time, you know. So that's hmm. what good growth is, you know, so that you don't, you don't get to a point where you think, you, 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 you must always keep the door open. I don't shut anybody, anybody, no matter how low you are, no matter what your position is, you know, we need to keep that door open for people to challenge us. I, I mean, I, we used to challenge our bosses and they never used to, they would just the typical Nigerian mindset should come into his aim, my friend. Shut up there. No, it's about that people ask you questions, challenge you. Because many times you have blind spots and you don't even see it. You know, so mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. leadership. So I, 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 I used to follow whatever. I mean, the guy was really deep stuff. I mean, he said stuff that inspired me, and you know, I read quite a lot of his uh, stuff. Wow, yeah, wow. He, wow, awesome. Honestly, uh, in the Appan, you have done justice to this topic. For those of us that are just joining us, uh, you can watch the replay. Uh, what you're getting here is, you know, global. You know, this is, you can't, if you have to go to Harvard, you pay thousands of dollars to listen to this kind of uh, stuff. So, but you're getting it for free. Um, but that's why we're showing up. You know, we just want to add value, irrespective of where you are in the world. Maybe it's in the morning, mm. it's in the afternoon, in the mm -hmm. evening. Uh, you know, what we're sharing here is a global language now, fintech, fintech, you know, fintech and leadership. Any leader that does not, you know, uh, take on fintech is a leader that is living in the, you know, in, in the in the days of old. And uh, like you said, you know, <laughs> yes, you know, uh, like you said, you know, you can always, uh, you know, pivot uh, for them. You know, they also, you know, have had their own uh, teachable moments in the Nigerian business environment where they launch into the uh, transportation sector, uh, they moved into that yeah. sector to empower, but they had to recalibrate because of government regulation. But um, where they are right now, they, are, they have not settled yet, but they're still, like you said, they're moving into other uh, countries in Africa and uh, mm -hmm. they have a Pan-African vision. I'm not their, see, I'm not their salesperson, but uh, you know, <laughs> But I'm fascinated by what they're doing. You know, I believe that uh, even during the time of crisis, leaders need to show up. And uh, Ine, I want to salute you. I want to uh, say that I celebrate, you know, the grace of God upon your life. Um, 
I mean, like you just said that, you know, there's also the spiritual side to leadership. You have to go deep down to go up, you know, which is very instructive. Um, so just for 30 seconds, what would you like to say just to, as we, as we end this discussion, there have been quite a number of people here that have, you know, uh, benefited from the wealth of experience that you shared knowledge tonight. Yes. What would you like to say to Rhonda? Well, I, I just want to thank you for bringing me on, on the show. I mean, it's a privilege. I consider it a privilege to share, you know, this platform with you and to also share my, my experience and thoughts on the industry. And I, I hope that, you know, what I've shared will be beneficial to people and people apply them and put them to practice because um, I think it will make a world of difference. That's all I have to say. Thank wow, you very wow. much. Wow. Thank you so much, Ine Akwan, the MD of uh, OPE, a global company with a Pan-African vision. Uh, for those of us that have joined tonight, I want to appreciate you. And so till next time, till we meet again, I wish you a restful Sunday evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. All Thank the you. best. Yeah.